Hey, 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 it's your girl B. Marie. You're listening to Living Single, the podcast. It's been a minute since the last time you and I spoke. Um, so much has happened. Today is June 27, 2020, and Mississippi has agreed to change the state flag. That's right, the Confederate flag that's been up since 1800s, I believe. Um, and when I heard about the process this morning, I got a little teary eyed thinking about, you know, the progress that Mississippi was making even though I was unaware of what the outcome would be by this afternoon or this evening. Um, and so I'm proud right now to be a Mississippian. We don't have the official new flag yet. That still has to be, I think, a, a bill to be agreed on. Um, but that's new. Um, also, I want to mention Ahmaud Aubrey. I don't think I've had a podcast episode since um, the three officers. No, they weren't officers. They were pretend police um had been indicted and so now there is going to be a trial um to hopefully find them guilty and then they will be sentenced for the murder of Ahmad Aubrey. Also want to mention Rashard Brooks, another young black man that was killed. Um he was killed at the hands of an official police officer um shot while running away. Um I think it started out as a as a DUI call. And, you know, that particular set of facts was that he stole the taser or something of that nature. Um, but anyway, he lost his life. And I think that if you listen to the 20 minute or so um, video, you'll see that he was trying to explain that his kid's birthday was the next day and they were going to have a party and all of that. And then they still managed to kill him instead of letting him walk home. Um, then Breonna Taylor, who is a different set of facts. And the average person wouldn't really understand those set of facts. Um, Being that I've worked with law enforcement closely, I know that um, the no-knock is very, it's legal. And they go in expecting to be harmed in some way. And it's my understanding that the boyfriend and Breonna Taylor shot first, thinking that they were burglars because it was a no-knock. Then the officers shot back to disarm whomever was on the other side of the door. In that regard, there's technically no law that's been broken. I see a lot of people saying arrest Breonna Taylor's killers. However, there was no law broken. I think that the recourse for that particular set of facts is that uh, maybe sue the department for wrongful death and then have policies and general orders changed on behalf of the department. Also want to recognize Juneteenth. Um, it has come and gone, but I see a lot of people, you know, starting to, a lot of our people started to um, celebrate it. So shout out to Juneteenth. And I have here a special guest, Amanda King. She and I met, I guess last year, um, our boys um, was going to the same after school program. And listen, I, I get along with any and everybody. I think she, she, um, <laughs> may have commented on my hair color at the time. And then we kind of like realized how many similarities we had, how many, how many things we had in common. She's a phenomenal woman. I'm excited and I'm glad to know her and glad to get to know her even better. And you guys get to know her better today too. If you hear something in the background, it's our son's playing. I'm not going to edit that out because um, this is how single moms rock, right? So you'll hear them playing in the background. I told them to be quiet, but you know, just never know. 
So again, Amanda King, (laughs) you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. We're just going to have like a girl talk, like no specific outline or anything. We're just going to like casually talk and like share what our story or what your story is. Absolutely. And you know, with raising young black men and the current state of affairs going on in our nation and in the world with coronavirus and, and dealing with the safety of our black males and with Breonna Taylor, our women. You know, it's really kind of scary. So we have to arm ourselves um, with preparing our children and what they should do out in the world, letting them know who they are too in the world. And then, um, you know, getting in our communities and being known so we can build some type of rapport and safety so we can keep an eye out for each Mm other. Absolutely. I think that's really important now. And as a single mom, you know, it's just a lot to have to deal with Mm -hmm. and, and and living single. Yeah. I yeah, love that. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank I love you. It. So so Amanda, how did you become a single mom? Because everybody has a different story and they've heard my story. So how did you become a single mom? Yes. So I moved to Jackson, Mississippi in 2012 and I was introduced to my son's father, um, who was an amazing guy, mm-hmm. super sweet. Um very family oriented, really close to his family and a, a very hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just kind of hit it off and we were together um, planning to get married. Didn't do everything according to the, <laughs> the right way. Yeah, I, right, right. You know, I think we both kind of grew up in church. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, but still, we had a loving relationship and we have a beautiful son that came out of it. Unfortunately, when our son was six months old, um, my boyfriend, fiance at the time, was in a really tragic car accident that took his life. It was fatal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that point on, that was in January of 2015 up until now, June 2020, it's just been Gregory and I, and it's been quite lonely. And I've mm-hmm. and I've gone through this new norm of just trying to figure out, like you know, what to do mm-hmm. after s- such tragedy, right? Right. Experience such trauma. So, you know, and it's and it's. I don't know. I guess I can't really. I could empathize with the loneliness and trying to figure it out. Um, however, Jackson's dad is still alive, but he doesn't really have, you know, like an input with which you would, you know what I mean? Well, you would expect a person who's still alive to have. I gotcha. Um, but when you mentioned January, 2015, I just remember what space I was. Sometimes when you hear people's story, you're like, well, what was I doing? You know, during that time, yeah. January, 2015 was, I think I was coming from a long road of like, just, I think, I don't want to say bad luck, but it was just like. It was a terrible space for me from, I think, August 2014 up until um, January 2015, February 2015, because I ended up finally getting a job in 2015. But it was difficult. Um, and I remember even then, I think Jackson was at a good preschool at that time because he would have been two. No, he'd have been three. And I remember when I lost the job at that August 2014 that I had to take him out of the good preschool. And then I ended up finding like the church preschool that was only like $98 a week. And the other one was like 300 and something. About, it was like some, it was a very different price. And he went there for like maybe one or two weeks. But every time I picked him up, he had like tears, dry tears on his face. No. And I, I mean, I was like, this is not the place. And so I was like, I got to take him back. Like I got to figure out a way 
to just sacrifice and figure out a way to afford this. And so I put it back in that school. But this is to try to, you know, kind of show you like what I was going through at that time. It doesn't compare to what you were going through, but it, it was a difficult time as well. I appreciate Um, But so in terms of dating, you know, since he passed in 2015, have you found anyone to date since then? How has the dating scene been like for you? Let me say this. What I've learned from dating is that (laughs) you really have to know what you want Mm -hmm. and don't go into it being desperate Mm. because if you, like for myself, I just, I had to get to a place where I knew what I wanted Mm -hmm. and who I was Mm -hmm. and not have this like thirst trap of, okay, now that I'm this single mom, I have to fill mm-hmm, this place, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this void mm-hmm. that I have. Right. And my son has. Right. So yes. And I think it's difficult too, if you know what you want mm-hmm. to really find that in certain areas, because um, <laughs> you really have to kind of take your stuff yourself to that level of what yeah. you want. You can't expect to find someone of a certain caliber in certain areas. And at the time, like I was living on the South side of town mm-hmm. and, and big ups to the South side. Yeah. I love the South side, you yeah. know, but understanding my value, understanding mm-hmm. my worth, understanding yeah. where I was going. Mm-hmm. It was like, I can't stay mm-hmm. on this level if mm-hmm. I'm wanting to attract something yeah. that's higher. Go ahead. So definitely with dating, don't be desperate because you'll begin to lower your standards and what you're looking for mm-hmm. and what you deserve. Mm-hmm. And, and that was just like my biggest thing. So I really kind of looked at dating just to have fun because um, I just <laughs> I just really didn't want anything too serious. Even now? It's yes. still, it's still like that. So that's interesting because I've never, ever, 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 according to, you know, like, like the guy said on Friday, wanted to date for fun. Like, never. Like, I've always wanted to, like, the, when I lit, I, the reason why I had the strength and the gall to leave my fiance Jackson's dad was because I was like, oh, I'm this, that, and the other, and somebody's going to show up, you know, whatever, by the time he's three, I'm going to be married, X, Y, and Z. And of course, I'm from a smaller town. So, you know, dating, I learned to date probably a few years ago. Um, but like, it was always, hey, I like you, you know, two weeks of consistent talking and we boyfriend, girlfriend, and let's go ahead and do the feature together. That's the way that we've been taught. So I, even now, and, I, and I've experienced um, dating seriously, like not to the point of marriage, but dating the same person consistently for years. And even before I met that person, I had like prayed like, okay, God, I want, you know what I mean? I'm ready to be released from Jackson's dad and I'm ready to move forward. And I feel like God answered my prayers like a few days later and it was like, we hit it off and be consistent. Um, so for me, I just never experienced the whole fun thing. Like I just like, no, I don't have time. (laughs) And I will say though, I do understand the point about the desperation part because when I first thought I was, you know, wanting to leave Jackson's dad, but, you know, I wasn't emotionally disconnected yet. Um, I remember meeting this guy and was not my type at all. But I think I was in my house like, okay, Bridget, keep your mind open. It didn't work out because I didn't, you know what I mean? You know, and it may have been a point of me just trying to hurry up and jump somewhere. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but for but I think dating, I want to get to the point. Maybe I don't. No, I don't. I don't want to get to the point where it's swimming. I want to go ahead on instead of that. <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that. I do. And I understand that. I, I think that's why it's very important to know like who you yeah. are, what you want, yeah. and and really go at it. Because when what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you can be as candid as you want to. Yeah, <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult. It is. Um, but I think for me, I've always had like this Huxtable family idea in my head that I'm still trying to get to. And so that's probably why I can't make it fun. I mean, I don't go in day one and say, "Hey, let's get married," but. I'm looking to see is somebody I, I can see myself with in the long run, you know, after a couple of days, like, can I still even tolerate your personality kind of thing? How would you fit in with my son? And I, at first I had like this colorblinded thing. I was like, okay, we got to be a blended family, but you got to be like a certain brownish because I need to make sure that it looks like we were together. Right. Crazy enough. I, I, yeah. My mom was like, Rich, you cannot be color coding the family. And I, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I want the blended family to blend. Yeah. But, um, I'm more open now at this point. Too. I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's really good. I I don't think that I'm that open yet. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, if I get into anything, like it's going to be just for fun. Yeah. But I understand the not have time part yeah. either. And that was like another thing. Yeah. I just don't have time. I'm mm-hmm. busy with being a single mom and then working and then all other types of projects that I'm wanting to do Mm -hmm. and complete for my satisfaction feeling like I have a life Mm -hmm. outside of this world of mommyhood, which I love. I love being a mom. So it's, it's like, I, I don't want to share that time Mm -hmm. with anyone just Mm -hmm. yet. Okay. And so that's why it's like, I look at dating Mm -hmm. as fun Mm -hmm. because it's what I would do in my free time, mm-hmm. which I don't have much of. Yeah, that, so, make, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes don't sense. be desperate because yeah. I feel like if we're desperate, then we'll just grab whatever comes mm-hmm. at us. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and with everything that we want, we'll see the potential and not the true character. Right, absolutely. And then, boom, mm-hmm. we're in another cycle. Yeah, it's funny you say that about you doing, you doing your thing before you got into something else because for a while... Um, I've enjoyed renting, been renting for a while. And, you know, when I saw people who were younger, maybe 25 or so who were like, were single or like 24 and like they bought a house and I was like, why would you buy a house? You know, you should, that's that's for you and the husband to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like I literally had that in my brain. Right. And so as time went on, I'm like, now I'm like, let me get, let me do some stuff for me. Let me, let me, I'm going to have my whatever. And then if you come along and. You know, it's something that's nicer or bigger than what I, I have. Then we can we can you know talk about where we would stay. But let me just not you know what I mean. Have this whole timeline of how this should go and how this should go, and just be like it is what it is. Um. So and and so I'm feeling sort of liberated now that I've started the process. Um. And just trying to move forward with that because that was one thing that I was like, okay, I'm waiting for this when this happens. You know. So you make a good point when you say. Um, and let me ask you a question. When you mentioned that about having that mommy time, when as your when your mom raised you, did you find her to 
make time for herself? Or was she one of those moms who was like, my kids, my kids, my kids? Yes, my mom did. And it's really funny because I was, um, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, God, the Trinity, Holy yeah. Spirit. And so um, just a lot of times in my quiet time of meditation and prayer, like God will just reveal some things about my life mm-hmm. and about my childhood, not to dwell on the past, but right. just for me to be thankful of where I came from mm-hmm. and for me to have an understanding of my choices mm-hmm. and to, with my path that God has laid out for me, like mm-hmm. this is where I am mm-hmm. in this moment. Mm-hmm. All of these things mm-hmm. make up you and why you're doing and what you're doing in this moment. And so I just thought that was amazing for God mm-hmm. to share he does. and have yes. me remember yes. that, you know, um, and give me the revelation. But um, yeah, so for a lot of it, we were with my, my parents are married. They're mm-hmm. still married. They've been married for 34, 35 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's 34, but yeah. Um, so at one point growing up, I remember always being around my dad. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that because of femininity and just trying yeah, to be yeah. a feminine woman. <laughs> that might be I'm working on that. I'm yeah. working on that. <laughs> yeah, like those are things yeah. that we can do yeah. even as mm-hmm. moms, it, single moms, like that time mm-hmm. goes into mm-hmm. bettering ourselves absolutely. And, and focusing on mm-hmm. those things that we can improve mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm mm-hmm. loving it. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. So, um, yeah. So I realized I grew up a good portion with my dad and my mom was just kind of out there doing her thing and mm-hmm. then it stopped. And then she was a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think a lot of my domesticated ways, reflect off of that time in my life where she was at home Mm -hmm. and I loved it Mm -hmm. but she definitely did have time where she went off and and she accomplished whatever goal she had Mm -hmm. at that point and she still kind Mm -hmm. of does that where it's like what can I do next and so yeah definitely falls down to me I get that so my mom and you mentioned two good things I want to talk about my mom was was the mom who I guess was I don't know I, I did watch her work a lot um, and she met my stepdad when I was probably nine, maybe, and they've been together or they were together up until two years ago. So I still was fully grown, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I, but I saw her in a sort of a sacrificial way. Like she didn't do things for herself. Like everything was because of the house and the seven of us and the children. And it wasn't until I became a full adult because I moved out at 17. Like once I graduated high school, I moved out. And it wasn't until I became an adult and on my own, and I think maybe a mother, maybe before I was a mother, and I was like, I don't want to be that. Like, I can figure out a way to take care of you and take care of myself too, but I'm putting myself first. And so it's funny because when you when you raise a certain way that doesn't really, when you grow, that doesn't really seem to serve you in your older age, you're like, okay, I don't want to do any of that. Like, I don't want to be the mom that goes in that store and buy you something and not me. I'm not I'm not her like yeah like I'm no, not no. I, I take care of myself because I mean in order for me to be good for him I have to be good right I have to be a good woman yeah um in order to start to get be a good friend a good mom a good co-worker whatever I need to be so I always start at the center of who I am um and I think that that has helped me and helped him actually to be emotionally well-rounded versus me having all this pent-up resentment you know in me and then trying to give him the best or whatever so 
Um, so I don't really have domesticated ways. And, 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 it, and it's not because she wasn't. It's because I think that I ran away from that, even as a child, unconsciously. I didn't learn to cook or anything. Like, And I was the oldest girl. I was forced to to, rape, to babysit the kids. But once I came out of there, I was like, no. And so just, re- right. so just recently, funny thing, I just started doing these home deliveries um, for the food. And now I know how to learn how to cook because the recipes are so A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But before oh, that, wow. yeah, before yeah. that, yeah. I had like maybe three things I could do. Yeah. So but listen, I <laughs> you're there, you're there. <laughs> because yeah, I'm yeah. I'm barely cooking. Yeah. Like I cook. Yeah. But it's and it's the type of things that I like to yeah. eat. Yeah. I, I'm veggies and avocado. Yeah. Like you don't really have to cook yeah. avocado. Right. You can prepare it like a moly. Yeah. And so yeah, trying to cook some fried pork chops. Yeah, that's a struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh-huh. I feel you. Yeah. But I got an air fryer now, so then it made things a little easier. Yes. Yeah, my best friend got me. I'm like, shout out to her for the air fryer. <laughs> but like, so, and Jackson's, Jackson will tell me in a minute, uh, no, this doesn't taste good. We'll get your bowl of cereal, homie. Because, wow. Yeah, he would no, tell me that's in a perfect yeah. because I don't think Gregory wants to hurt my face. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just now. like, you can like just it. tell mommy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm like, why you don't like it? Just taste it. I'm like, taste it just a little bit. Especially when I'm in the slate or the stove for like, like, please just taste a little bit of it. Now, it may be nasty, but just make me feel a little bit yeah. <laughs> about it. But, and then you also mentioned like working on yourself. And that's what I, fa- I found God in, in this season. Um, and it started in February and I can, and I can put a time on it because of Kobe's death. Kobe's death for me, for some reason, God used that that there's a benchmark to reveal some things that was going on with me um, from childhood. Um, And I started to like see things and see my er the error in my ways and how childhood traumas and not necessarily nothing traumatic has happened in my childhood other than, you know, me not meeting my dad until I was eight and not really having a relationship with him. But um, those things kind of, you know, show me this is why you are so less feminine. You're less feminine, you know, because you didn't really have the the opportunity to be feminine. Absolutely. You know, you had to be the old, the, the second mom. You had to, you know. And so for me, I seen the thing on on Instagram where this girl had posted that she wore a dress to the store and that she got so much attention because she was a feminine look mm-hmm. versus wearing pants. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a little nugget. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, um, God does reveal to you. And that's what's happening for me. It's a lot of, oh, wow, I didn't know that about you. Okay, let's work on that. And it's a lot of acknowledging, you know, your good things and bad things. So, yeah, you're, you're right in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and then I wanted to talk to you about um, not just being a mom. And you talked to me, you, been, you talked to me a, a, a few months ago about having the show. The single moms reality show. Where are you yes. now with that? <laughs> I am still writing the pilot for it. Okay. I really would like to do it to shed light on the lives of single moms. Like, I think your podcast is amazing mm-hmm. to show that living single lifestyle and the things that we have to go through with the dating mm-hmm. and with the mommying and, and, and running, managing a household. Right. So, um, I really want the younger generation, like the younger girls, mm-hmm. to have something that is real. Right. And that they can see because mm-hmm. I think that we get into our feelings mm-hmm. of pleasure mm-hmm. and whatever other things we've gone through in our childhood that in and our environment, the mm-hmm. atmosphere that we grow up in. Mm-hmm. And so we 
we find ourselves in situations. Um, I'm speaking more so now about like just our black community. You're right. We find our younger girls in situations where they're having babies out of wedlock. Right. Intentionally. That's scary. Yeah. 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 So I feel like there needs to be a medium and a platform that shows. And I think there was the MTV show mm-hmm. with the um, with the pregnancy show. Yeah, the 16 and pregnant. 16 and pregnant. There was this MTV show um, with 16 and pregnant. And I think that was really good. But then, like, we need more coverage on that. Yeah. Because it's serious mm-hmm. being a single mom. Yeah. And- a lot of the things that you have to sacrifice mm-hmm. and learn how to do mm-hmm. and doing that at such a young mm-hmm. age, mm-hmm. like I can't even imagine your life literally stops mm-hmm. um, as a single mom. And, and we have to find those times where we can do different mm-hmm. things. Right. Um, and I'm thankful that I was older. Mm-hmm. Me too. I don't know how I would have handled this even mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think my mental capacity of what I thought I knew, I right. really didn't know. I didn't know because I think I was 25. And crazy enough, I wanted to be 25. And I don't know why that never came to me, but <laughs> I, I must have spoken into existence. Yeah, for sure. How old were you? 27 when I got okay. Yeah, so, so I was you know, 25 when I was pregnant. I may have been 26 when I had them, though. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's so much. And that, that brings me to this young lady. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. She did a live video. Where she has five children and she may be in her twenties with five children, and she had recently had another child, and apparently she had learned that the father of that child was married, and she went live and just crying and talking about how she had been suffering from depression and that 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 particular piece of news just really sent her over the edge, and she was like literally in the middle of committing suicide, like on live. You have you seen that? No. So she's like, she has, she left three children at home and brought two with her. So she wanted to take somebody with her, black female. And um, she's just speeding down the road and she finally does crash. She was looking for oncoming traffic to ride it to. Finally does crash and the car flips. And they say that she continued to be on live even when the car is upside down. Um, I didn't see that part. I did see the part where she went live again in the hospital. Um, Apparently the kids are okay, I think. I'm not sure there's been an update. Um, but I know she went live saying the kids were okay and that she was okay and that, you know, she dropped her phone and she didn't intend to do it, even though she did a whole 20 minute, you know, soliloquy telling us what was going on. But what I'm saying, I say that all to say about how we, you have to, as a single mom, manage your emotions. Yes. And so that's why the, the burden is on men, particularly black men, um, to not take advantage of any woman, particularly a single mom, because she was heart, she was so heartbroken that she couldn't manage. And she just threw away the idea of still being a mom. And she had become so consumed because that kind of pain does consume you and she can know how to control it. So, and then imagine those of us who have been brokenhearted and you sit by yourself and you cry you know, in a place where your child doesn't see you, and then you have to hurry up and wipe your, even though you're still broken in the inside, you still have to pull yourself together like Humpty Dumpty and pretend things are fine. I've been there more, more times than one. And so being a single mom, I mean, it's, a, it's financially, you know, it's not easy emotionally. I think the emotional and mental part, financially, you can get to where you need to be. You know, if you need to 
use food stamps to get you back on your feet, Medicaid, whatever, do it. The emotional mental part is probably the hardest thing, you know, and being okay with not having support either from family or the father, you know what I mean? So, yeah, to me, it was like, wow, I really see, you know, different people have different strengths, you know? Absolutely. And those are the things that I I feel like we don't think about Mm -hmm. in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. granted, our situations Mm -hmm. are different Mm -hmm. because we were in committed relationships, Mm -hmm. on the path of getting married. We didn't make it to the altar. Right. It's fine. Right. <laughs> we're, close. we're almost there. Yeah. That was the intention. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we for the most part, at, at a point in time, had guys that really wanted that too. So. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so those are the real parts of fulfilling that desire mm-hmm. or being so deceived and distracted because of your environment. Absolutely. You're getting caught up. Mm-hmm. You have a baby. Mm-hmm. And then... It's like, okay, then you're lonely Mm -hmm. and someone is introducing themselves or giving some type of attention. Absolutely. And you know, you've been at the house with this baby. Right, exactly. (laughs) And it's like, okay, hey. And then you succumb to that desperation Mm -hmm. and the cycle continues. And so we have to take a moment then and just stop and and, and think and and have enough um, visual of, Women who, yes, this has happened to them, telling you, you don't, or anybody, you don't have to go through this. Mm -hmm. And then these are the things that you can do to focus on so Mm -hmm. you don't go Mm -hmm. through it. Mm -hmm. I agree. But then also, I'm putting the burden back on the black men. I'm putting Mm -hmm. the burden back on them because if, if you don't deceive, if you don't cheat, if you realize just how major cheating how it destroys a person i have an episode on that called emotional um i forgot what it's called but don't break my don't break my spirit cheating and break my spirit is one of the the um the uh episodes i have that speaks to that like it's like it's literally like a funeral you know and so i put the burden back on the men you know yes women be alert you know but at the same time men you know you gotta you gotta stop you gotta stop you gotta understand that it's not just fun and games you know, that it's a long trajectory of feelings that are, that are involved. And so with those feelings, you know, I just think that men should be careful um, and that it is not a game. I don't think I don't even care if you were 18 and you were unmarried. The marriage piece is not what makes you care about another person's feelings in, in, in their future, because, you know, a lot of people are just not waiting to have sex before marriage. They're just not. And, and, the, and there is, there are repercussions and consequences to that um, spiritually, but then there's also consequences to that naturally because there is a natural connection between you and another person's, what I believe, soul and can alter your behavior. And so you want to connect with someone and you hope you're connecting with someone. And mo- I think majority of the time women are coming from a good place. And the men are probably not being up front. And so when you're connecting with someone on such a deep level like that and you're being deceived, that can really, 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 really affect you. And I think men should just really take that serious. And I say, women, okay, yes, take care of yourselves. You try to be proactive in dealing with certain men, but men can really come in in wolves and sheep wolves wolves and sheep's clothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause I prayed up many prayers and thought that God was speaking and I think I'm godly, you know, I think I have a strong relationship with God and the person was a wolf in sheep clothing. So that's why I say we do our part, but me and you, you can't just be the only person building yourself up and with all these, uh, quote unquote antibodies to 
um, deception and then the per other person not doing the same thing, not doing the same kind of inner work, you know? Um, so that's where I am with that. Absolutely. I think it's really important for black men to come into the situation honest and the same with women. You know, I, I, I was talking about how I was looking at dating as more fun because of not having much time. So it would be something that I'll do in my free time, but it's very important for myself and anyone, um, especially singles to know what you want. So if it is marriage that you're wanting, when you get to the table, that needs to be made clear. You know, I definitely don't think that needs to be played around with. Mm -hmm. Um, and both parties should take that seriously. Um, but if it is just to kind of, you know, have fun and, and, you know, build friendships to see where they progress. Right. If, if marriage is something that you could see in the future, but right now it's just mm -hmm. not really etched in the plan, mm -hmm. um, which it should always be, yeah. you know, if, if you're, if you're practicing godly standards yeah. and, and, and godly morals, but um, just come to the table, honest, right. what your expectations and your outlook is. And if it's, well, you know, I don't know, then be honest about mm -hmm. that too, mm -hmm. but you should know. Mm -hmm. You should know. Mm -hmm. And that's what helps build the family peace in our communities. Absolutely. We just got to be real. We do. We know. And we need to change the trajectory of our people. Absolutely. Because that's where we are right mm -hmm. now. We have to start at home. We right. have to hit it in the heart and um, be adults and mature with all of the feelings, all of the emotions, all of the desires that we have so we can break the cycle of, of singleness and broken homes Absolutely. in our communities. Absolutely. Because we can't be out on the streets, you know, with our fists up saying no justice, no peace. And then at home, there's no justice and no peace. You right. get what I mean? Mm -hmm. So let, let, let's, we let's can talk about that. Yeah. Can we? <laughs> so can, let, let's kind of do that. You know, let's, 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 let's do a whole full 360 because you want to make it you don't want just a way you want to do a whole full 360 right. you want the whole circle to come together i want to be you know a warrior at home and in the streets you know what i mean um and so i think that a lot of people i don't and they don't really put the two together you know as you should and that brings me to a question that i wanted to ask you amanda like what is your philosophy on parenting absolutely <clears throat> to raise my child first with an understanding of who he is mm -hmm based on biblical principles. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I start with the godly um, outlook on where I would like for him to be. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of couple that too with a natural, like a balance mm -hmm. of, of uh, his history mm -hmm. and, and um, who and where he comes from. Mm -hmm here locally mm -hmm. from you know my lineage and his father's lineage and then too like as a whole this mm -hmm. is your culture mm -hmm. this is where you come from um and I think it's a lot to digest for a six-year-old he's now six yeah. and so you know I'm just hoping as time goes on that it just all sticks because yeah. as a child growing up and I, you know, I did grow up in a two parent household and, and my dad was there. I was with my dad a lot. So I think that's how I was kind of tomboyish for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was a tomboy too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I just realized and, and again, got revealed to me that that father figure 
brings a lot of that um, security and protection. And I, and we were kind of talking about stability mm-hmm. outside of this. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we miss mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what we need yeah. to. Uh-huh. And we do the best yeah. that we can. Right, right. Um, and so that's kind of just how I want Gregory now, since he doesn't have a male figure in the home, mm-hmm. um, I want him to just know who he is mm-hmm. and, and, and couple that with the Bible and history. Mm-hmm. And, and even too, and I look of what type of careers based upon who he is right now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's really ironic what he wants to be. I don't know if I should. What does he want to be? Shared on air. Well, well it's up to you. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's really ironic. Okay. Do you want to know? Yeah, I do. <laughs> police officer what i but, I mean we need good ones though we need good ones yeah we can't just we can't you know, we need good ones so i'm i'm proud yeah i'm proud so then he should be even though he's six he should be in on the conversation that's happening right now yes and we've done a little bit and it's mm-hmm. that's that balancing factor mm-hmm. and that age factor mm-hmm. on he's you know still mm-hmm. a baby mm-hmm. six years in this world you mm-hmm. know that's it's really not a lot so honestly so here here's here's why i am with that the kid they're kids mm-hmm. they still have innocence but those kids know more than what we think they know well, yeah, i agree old. so six compared to our age yeah they seem small but these are little humans like true and i read something today i was trying to pull it up but i read something today about um the first six years of the life being what sex the person up to be who, who they're going to be, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, I, I knew going in parenting, the first three years were important in terms of brain development. And even when, even as I was making sure that he was in the top preschools and making sure that I was speaking correct English, you know, around him, um, I knew that I wanted him to be emotionally developed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be careful um, in how I spoke to him at one to three years old, you know, because sometimes we can lose our patience. Oh, absolutely. And I wanted to, because I, I want him to be able to say, this is how I felt. And and a lot of, and, and even though I wanted that, even though I wanted that, um, interestingly enough, God will provide the yes. child. You know what I mean? Because I prayed for him to be a certain way. And he's that, right? At three years, three years old, if I said something to Jackson that hurt his feelings, when, by the time we lay down for bed at night and we were saying our prayers, he would say, well, mom, you hurt my feelings today when you did this. And that taught me. That's so whereas I was trying to teach him, he was teaching me how to say, how to, he was humbling me as well to say, okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And this is not what I meant. And so I kept, you know, building upon that. And now that he's seven years old, he comes and he speaks like he t- tells me what what he means. And so I guess in asking you that question, I'm trying to, I guess I'm answering the question as well. What is my parenting philosophy? It's just to build a human being like that is capable of feeling and also recognizing how he makes others feel. Um, his career choice is to be a herpetologist. Awesome. And he just likes that uh, for seven. For and so he's been saying it for since he was five. Oh, that's awesome. So and that's crazy. He said he wanted. He said he wanted to raise. He wanted to take care of reptiles. And so oh, I just googled that awesome. and I realized and I found out what the uh, yeah the title of the career was and then I told him what it was and he's like, okay. And so now he wants someone asking. Now he instead of just saying raise reptiles, he says herpetologist. And so we've I've taken him to you know getting different books on reptiles and he was already YouTube and everything. So he literally knows reptiles. Who's a at three? He was like herbivore, carnivore, you know, and all of that. Um, and so that's what he wants to do. Even though my mind was like, you should be a lawyer like me. 
Right. You know, you sure about that? And, and when he was three or two, he wanted to be a fireman. Yeah. And when he changed, well, he wanted to be a fire truck. He said, I want to be, I want to be a fire truck. Oh, and then, you know, as he grew older, <laughs> he changed it. And then he was like, and so now he's at being a herpetologist. And it's like, you you allow them to be whoever it is that they're going to be. Yeah. And because you can't be, you can't mold them into a mini me, you know? That's a great point. Mm-hmm. And that's also great parenting. Yeah. So kudos to you. Because <laughs> I've seen it. And yeah. I think I've commented you on that before. Thank like, you. I was really impressed with how well he was able to articulate what was going on yeah. in the moment. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, that stuff too. Because that's what I try to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. that patience kicks in and that emotional intelligence and just that emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a teenager, having to deal with one, figuring out myself mm-hmm. and developing hormonally. Right. And then having to raise another child. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, I, I, I just couldn't imagine. And there are kids and there are young ladies who do that. So, yeah. you know, that's big ups to them. But, um, that's just what I try to do as a mom. So that's big. Yeah. And and that's awesome. And I don't, I don't know that a lot of people, like you said, when you're young, I don't know if that's your main focus. And if, if you hadn't had an opportunity to mature into an adult and to think those things through, you know what I mean? Because um, a lot of times I've seen parents just to be like, okay, I put clothes on your back and do what I tell you to do and sit down. And that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's good. To a certain extent, because they do have to learn how to control themselves Mm -hmm. and just uh, be still Mm -hmm. in the moment. Uh, But I definitely, too, look at my role as a guider. Mm -hmm. And I just I think I like that just for me as a person, but um, really to guide them, guide him through it. And a lot of things that I think that I've gotten into, not to say that I wasn't guided, Mm -hmm. but um, that for me, what I realize is. I'm going to have to really put forth more work mm-hmm. to make sure I'm guiding him because mm-hmm. I don't want to just tell him something and then, you know, he tries to test me mm-hmm. in it right? and then I just kind of let it go. Yeah. But no, I still put forth yeah. the energy every time mm-hmm. it comes mm-hmm. up to reinforce right. it. Um, and that's a challenge mm-hmm. in itself without having a father figure in right. the home. Right. And that makes, you know, the whole situation feel lonely Mm -hmm. you know and and almost sad Mm -hmm. and depressing Mm -hmm. because (laughs) like you know man i i nice to have you come down here (laughs) 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 honey your turn but you know you know you know that's not there and it you know god does provide he does he does um help us in ways that we just can't imagine. Yeah. And I, I really couldn't go through this without God. Right. So I want to give my son that piece of mm-hmm. what I have. And mm-hmm. you made a great point mm-hmm. of not turning him into me because yeah. I'm a girl. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so when he yeah. does boy things mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, gets frustrated and he wants to slam yeah. something. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to make it seem like I'm violent home yeah. because yeah. I don't. But I do let him do release those, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Manly things yeah. and release. Yeah. And he has to release yeah. all that energy too. Yeah. Girl, I'm like, we got to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get you to a right. park or something. Um, you know, so you can get that mm-hmm. that energy out and release it. So yeah, just to guide him through this life. Right. So Amanda, and, and allow him to release. Um, I wanted to ask you about like biblically, what do you do to um uh, 
steer him in the right direction. Yes, definitely feed him the word and let him know what the word says about him. Um, something that I think is very important is when he's dealing with other people and learning how to be emotional or mm-hmm. controlling his emotions in social settings to understand that whatever someone is doing, it's something going on with them and mm-hmm. not and not him per se. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I try to remind him is that if um, that he's a child of God and that, um, that the, he brings the presence of God with him. Mm-hmm. And so if anytime someone is attacking him or just, he feels like they don't like him for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, instead of him getting upset and feeling like he's done something wrong to just really understand that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood and they're actually not liking the presence of God that is on his Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And again, I know that's really hard for him to try to grasp and Mm -hmm. understand at such a young age and, Mm -hmm. and and, and, and immature age too, because they're, they're still growing. Right. Um, But feeding him the word of God is, is just something that I just try to do and and hoping that sticks with him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and during this pandemic, um, because, because I do a lot of that with Jackson as well. I don't, I've never used the. I've never told him per se about you know your God's presence being on you and people being irritated with that. But I have told him that you know when people do things to you, that it's more so who they are and not you. You know, and but Jackson has his way of again. I think my prayer is going back to before he was born, where he has a connection with God, where on his own, where he's like, when anytime he's wandering off, he's like. I wonder, did God get into Valentine's Day? Or, you know, he just always, his question is always about God. Um, but with the pandemic having happened, we're not allowed to go to church, right? And it's been hard to keep his attention on the virtual church. So he's missed many, many of Sundays um, because I can't keep his attention on virtual church. But it did help when we were able to congregate take him to church and so that, that he continued to be fed because he actually asked to be baptized right before the pandemic hit. Awesome. And I was going to let him do it. So um, I guess for me, it's just trying to do, I guess, I don't know. I think it's easier for the people at church to kind of teach him the word, word. Yeah. Than, 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 than me. I don't know why. It is. I, I try to do little things like uh, the first reading Bible mm-hmm. and then um, I'm pubbing someone's uh, you version, the okay. Bible app. Yeah. They have little devotionals on there for kids okay. and, and things that they can follow. And, and uh, one of them, one of the devotionals uh, shows like videos for the mm-hmm. kids and um, it goes over God's the Bible mm-hmm. and that's God's word. Mm-hmm. And we can know that that's God's word because God loves us or something like that. Like it, it goes over different scenarios that they can understand. And so I think those are great things. And those are some of the things that I use to help him understand the word and who God is and how that relates to him. I think it's very important. It's helped me. Um, in my life, and the Bible says to train up a child in the way that they should go. Um, so when they are older, they will not depart. And although I've gone through different things and taken different paths, I found myself right back to what I was raised up on. And so I definitely want him to have that. 
Can you think of an example of where you have taught Gregory something either biblically or just, you know, mentally, emotionally, and you saw that he him use it? And you're like, wow, he listened to me. Yeah, you know, no. <laughs> but we're still working <laughs> on that. <laughs> we're still working on yeah. that. Um and I, I probably shouldn't make fun of him. <laughs> um, really, though, he he's coming along really well. What I and, and most kids are, but what I'm really proud of him for is his resilience. Oh, that's good. Um, and I know that most kids are resilient mm-hmm. and they bounce back, but he does face different situations. Mm-hmm. And it's really a struggle for me to watch him go through mm-hmm. A lot of things mm-hmm. because I don't think I've done a very good job of helping him be a man. Like I think yeah, God has figured it out. God him. has yeah. him covered. And yeah. I listen, when I tell you, I'm so glad to hear that you say that yeah. that's your prayer for Jackson yeah. because I, I I stay prayed up. Mm-hmm. So my faith is really mm-hmm. what's carrying me through this and um and and just being me yeah. and who I am as a person, like I'm a girl, so I'm just going to do things. And I think naturally his instincts kind of kick in. And I don't want to be insensitive to anyone that's dealing with like transgender issues or the LGBT community. You know, I'm not even touching that. You know, I don't want to offend or be insensitive to that. But for who we are, how we live our life and, and scientifically how everything is set up, set up. Yeah. With us. Thank you. Um, yeah, like my prayer is just to keep him, that God will help teach him, that God will intervene, and that God will protect him and cover him through through all of this. Well, let me, let me, you're not on the island by yourself when you say that, because um, I noticed those things when, um, like I put my son in a lot of sports, and usually these activities that I put him in and where we are, he's usually the only black kid, if not one of two. Right. And so that makes me be usually the only mom (laughs) who's bringing the child, um, there. And, and I noticed, you know, the athleticism in the boys who have their dad to practice with them consistently. Absolutely. And I noticed the lack of that in my child. So those are the kind of struggles that, that are small, but where I see eye to eye with you, and I hope that there are listeners will will see too, you know, because this is a part of living single and you know and seeing those tough types of things where you like, okay, I'm a girl, I I didn't play baseball, but I'm trying to teach you, you know what I mean, kind of thing. I'm trying to throw the ball, which I'm not throwing it correctly, you know. And so it's those things where we, I guess, you know, we we would need a male figure, and and the coach is only only practicing one time a week. So imagine, imagine, you know, you're not getting the practice the other six days a week compared to the other kids who are at home with their fathers. And then, so you don't get as much playing time in the game. So it's those little small things where I totally agree with you that, you know, the feminine ways that we have don't necessarily mesh well, you know, for little boys in that regard. So I do share that struggle. And and Jackson's one who notices everything. He'll, he'll say, why, why am I the only black kid? And then one day he said, he said, where everybody can hear. He was like, did you know I was only Right. And I was like, and I mean, I didn't, I wanted to be like, make him not say it. But I was like, why? Because you, 
they're going to feel uncomfortable. Like, let them express it. Let, let him Ask realize that he's the only black kid here. And how do you guys feel about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, he's doing really well. And, and I think, too, another thing along with his resilience, something that I've told him and I try to teach him, too, is to always be kind. Mm -hmm. And so I see that he is a huge people person. Mm -hmm. We'll go to the store and he is just high and buying. And I'm more like introvert. Don't say anything. <laughs> very I'm not talking. Mm -hmm. Let's go and go yeah. out. Yeah. Yes. He's and very respectful. Very, very respectful. So little by little, I see little, you know, it come out the the teachings that I am instilling in him yeah. to come out, you know, I, I, I could I be them. overboard. Sometimes. I see them. I see them. And I, and, the, and the reason why I say I see them is because, you know, even as single moms, we, 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 we see moms and we see kids and we're like, okay, can my child hang around that kid? Will I be okay with that? And that's how, you know, you know what I mean? So when I think about Gregory, I'm like, yeah, he can, you know, he can come over and, and him and Jackson can, you know, whatever. When I think about, um, what's the other, the boy's name? The, the other lady that we, that we met that has a single, that has a son. Oh, yes. I know. So him, and it's like, okay, he's being raised well. And do I want him? Because I mean, kids at this age, they are, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Sponge. You know what I mean? And yes. Exactly. Sponges. And so you want to let allow them to be themselves but to also provide like you said guidance mm -hmm. and even that that's even in choosing friends at this age right and who they can be around and yeah. hoping that the parents and you and the parents are somewhat similar on what your goals are in raising the children absolutely absolutely and and so it gets tough to not have that but when you come up with the plan mm -hmm. Or a trajectory, I mm -hmm, should say. Mm -hmm. Even if things don't always go according, you know, because there might be some strain. I've done my part from the beginning, mm -hmm. and I'm still going to guide you to this end goal mm -hmm. in consideration of who you are, what you want to do, so that you can not go through the cycle. Mm -hmm. And man, if you had any advice to give anyone, with one one thing that you would like someone to know, and a lot of times uh, Oprah Winfrey, when she closes out on her Super Soul Sunday episode, she says, "What do you know for sure?" I feel like I give advice all the time. <laughs> like I'm just always giving, trying to give some type of nugget of encouragement, mm -hmm. and to close out. I would just like for individuals to be encouraged mm -hmm. um, that whatever it is they're going through in life, especially to my singles, we have time. Mm -hmm. And so enjoy the time that you're in. Do things that you might not have ever done um, with the realms of, you know, what's available to you. Um, don't overstretch yourself, but definitely branch out a little bit. Um, try new things and enjoy, just enjoy where you're at. Enjoy, enjoy this time. And don't feel bad that, that you're in a single space mm -hmm. because if you continue to pray, God will send you what he, what you desire and what he's given you to desire. 
So trust him too in that process. Thanks. You listen to Living Single, the podcast. Peace.